I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome to another episode of Friends with Friends. I'm Pete Allison. This right here is Dave Cribb. Ahoy, hello. How are we? I'm not bad. How are you? I'm very warm, actually. It's it very sticky warm, and it? muggy. We're moving into the summer season of podcasting, which is basically not a thing because you could be listening at any time. But yeah. let it be known for the next 40 minutes or so, we are warm. So if you're yeah. listening and you're yeah. not warm, you'll have to sort of... a picture. That's yeah. it. Do a bit of imagination. If you're yeah. very warm as well, welcome. Yeah. It's nice to have you with us empathising. Um, <laughs> shall we uh, do an incessant plug for the live show just before we crack on with this week's one, Pete? Yes. We'll make it very quick. because. Um, but thank show. you if you tweeted us saying you are going to come to it, because that is really nice and surprising. <laughs> it was a wonderful treat for us both the day that we did the live show last year, and we realised that we weren't going to be the only people there. Yeah, I know. That was a real dream, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it is, uh, it's in September. It's oh. Bollocks. Every time I plug it, I think I should have the date, and then I never have the date. So 14th? I don't say it with a question mark at the end, Pete, because that doesn't okay. inspire confidence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you are correct. September the 14th. Thank this is Saturday. 14th. It's the 14th, 7pm at the London Podcast Festival uh, in King's Cross. All the details are on the World Wide Web. Uh, so if you've got access to that, uh, then maybe go and have a little uh, poke around. Friends with Friends, King's Place, you'll find it. Boom. Plug done. Let's move on. Should we meet today's friend? Yes, let's do that. Today's friend on Friends with Friends is the wonderful stand-up comedian Evelyn Mock. And Hello. stand-up comedian and actor Evelyn Mock. Sorry, I didn't I, I, I usually ask people how they wanted to be introduced. How would you have wanted to be introduced? Evelyn Mock, the Candy Crush player. <laughs> Candy Crush player. <laughs> yeah. Evelyn Shout Mock. Shout out to Candy Crush. <laughs> are you still so you still playing? I still I went to the offices of Candy Crush today. What? <laughs> Because apparently, like, they, I play so much, they invited me. <laughs> hang on, go. hang on, hang on, hang on. I know we want to talk about friends, but I, we must talk about this until I have all the details. You play too much. I play, I play a bit. I think I don't play as much as some people do because apparently they have people who are like proper addicted. But I play, I, I would say, an hour a day. Wow. That's quite crush. a lot. Which is it is, is quite a lot, isn't it? I think that's quite a lot in July 2019. I know. You know I, mean? like, I know. Yeah. So, what happened when you went to the offices? So they invited you based on your activity. 
They invited me. They so I got up. I got like a little pop up and said like, "Hey, you're one of our valued players." Blah blah blah. <laughs> Would you like to come into the offices and chat? And I was like, "Oh God, what? I'm gonna get merch." <laughs> and so I I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." So they they uh, it just popped up in the game, and so I I answered it, and they invited me, and it was like market research basically. Right. Fine. So they they asked me about. Did you feel like yeah. Charlie Bucket going into Willy Wonka's factory? Because yes. that must have been a big deal for you going there. Oh yes, definitely. There was there was like a kid who got blue and blew up. <laughs> Someone fall in the lemonade river. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So okay, so um, please welcome Candy Crush player <laughs> primarily, and also comedian and actor. You know, in her spare time, Evelyn Mock. Thanks for coming on Friends with Friends and sort of, I'd say, really opening up straight away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, we've got a real insight into who you are now. But what, should we talk about talk about Friends briefly? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, where does friends rate on the scale of how much i like candy crush <laughs> like where how much do you like friends in comparison i do like friends quite a bit but i don't spend an hour on it each day um i think i think friends is like probably for our generation i'm i'm a late 80s kid 87 yeah so it came on i remember when like how i got introduced to it because my friend my friend I saw it on TV and she was like, oh, this is a really funny show. And I think we were like 12 or something. Yeah, too so, young. <laughs> too young to watch yeah. it, actually, to appreciate it yeah. properly. It was always on on TV because um, I think during that time it was it was uh, still going uh, fresh. Yeah. Uh, so we were like a season behind, but we would watch it on TV. And then it just went into syndication and it would always be on on Swedish TV. Oh, so th- at the time, Swedish TV was a season behind, yeah. like the American one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, ah, I okay. think it w- was, and then it caught up, and it was like one week behind or yeah. something. Which is what we had, I think, when I remember uh, watching it over here. Uh, is is it, do you know what? So we've had this with uh, Yasmin Akram, who came on and talked about the Irish transmit. I mean, it's. I'll be honest, Pete. Do our listeners want to know about the various broadcasting schedules of different territories uh, when it comes to Friends in the 90s? Yes or Probably no? I'm going to say yes. But uh, Ireland got it a week before we did. So they got a it on like the Monday before. and we got it on the Friday. So oh, dear. They were living the life. That's scandalous. I know. Absolutely livid I was. Oh, my gosh. Um, but we, I think, so, so Sweden, was it, was it big in Sweden? It was huge. Yeah. yeah. It was really big. And it's like, what was it? I, I said to you, like, I learned where Yemen was because Chandler, <laughs> I learned that Yemen was a country yeah. because Chandler said Yemen. How did you choose your episode of Friends? You've So Pete, um, behind the scenes peak, uh, Evelyn chose her episode, which I think I texted you originally. Yes, yeah. was there a mind change? And then there was a change, wasn't there? Yeah. Uh, tell us what you originally chose. So originally I chose the one with Mrs. Bing. Oh yeah, where Ross, Ross kisses, kisses Mrs. Uh, Bing. Yeah, yeah, and it's because he's so upset about uh, uh, Rachel and Pablo, Paolo, Paolo, yeah, uh, in the Mexican restaurant, and he gets really drunk, and then he kisses Chandler's slutty mom. <laughs> She's really like Mrs. Robinson seeing him. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then it just kind of instigates a whole thing between Chandler and his mom, which he probably like really needed to have. Um, he needed to sort out like years ago, but yeah, it's done Chandler a favor in long term. Yeah, definitely. But you decided not to do that. No, because the thing I I looked at so many episodes and they were all they had all been done, right. which I definitely understand because they were the popular ones, yeah. like the 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 one where no one's ready. Best one. Yeah, it's so good. So good. But and I definitely understand that people would take that one. And yeah. then I thought, oh my god, what about the one where Ross and Rachel breaks up? Mm. 
because that's so that's such a monumental iconic moment yeah in the show and i thought they made it so well and i thought that that was the episode where we were on a break was um coined Mm. but actually we were on a break is after it's on the beach or after the beach house after they go to the in, beach at the house start of series four, four, yes, uh, when uh, Ross and Rachel get back together for like a few hours, yeah, and then they break up again, and he storms out and he screams, "We were on a break!" But they do say it in this. They do, yeah. yeah. They so talk about of, being on a break, yeah, but they don't. It, it's not an angry thing at this point. It's just a, a fact they are on a break. Yeah, yeah. So they do say yeah. the words "We were on a break" in this episode, but it's not like the angry catchphrase is it like the exactly, proper like yeah. yeah yeah not the one that you uh, scream exactly <laughs> at your friends so it is season three episode 16 the one with the morning after here's the synopsis in case you haven't watched it recently ross wakes up the morning after full of regret after sleeping with chloe i presume the morning after refers to the previous episode but it hasn't made that clear in this synopsis come on guys and agrees to get back together with rachel who later discovers the truth the two go back to her apartment have a huge fight as the other four friends listen in from monica's bedroom ross is desperate for forgiveness but rachel refuses and ends the relationship leaving both of them devastated i mean it doesn't sound like a sitcom premise it doesn't does it (laughs) when you read it like that and it kind of isn't isn't it the the interesting thing about this episode which i imagine is one of the reasons he shows it is like how it's intense it's yeah exactly very emotional Mm -hmm. but i was just saying this so helen monks pete who's been on this podcast previously we just literally bumped into her in the corridor and she said oh i quite often skip this episode because it's so hard to watch yeah it is the the scene with them actually breaking up yeah and my girlfriend hates this bitter friends as well this sort of these few episodes where ross and rachel are just constantly bickering yeah but having watched it back now for this it's mad how my basically main takeaway was this is so impressive how many gags and laughs they get into a really sad episode of a sitcom there's a real balance between still providing laughs between even between ross and rachel when it's just them like we'll come on to it a bit but the whole anchovy thing and there's a few other moments as well where it is still funny and yet it does that thing that great sitcoms can do where it kind of lures you into a false sense of security and then punches you in the gut because the bit where they actually break up is really really sad yes and it's so well like it's so well executed because because it's like they let the moment they just let the moment sit they let the tension they end on the tentious moment so it's not incredible isn't it yeah yeah and it's like it's so impressive that they dared to do that because they were true to like the reality of how a relationship could end yeah um, which is so beautiful. And I read somewhere that uh, I read on the Wikipedia page for the episode. Somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. In my extensive research. Um, Wikipedia. <laughs> um, that uh, I think Martha Martha Kaufman and uh, what's the other guy's name? David Crane. David Crane, that they, uh, they were, they found it really difficult to write because they wanted to balance that. They wanted to keep it realistic but they also needed to obviously make it funny yeah um and then they also said that it was a difficult balance because jennifer aniston's acting was so realistic yeah and so they were like okay how do we do this and i think they solved it i think probably trapping the other four in In the the bedroom was like the solution because they become the peanut gallery right and it's just beautifully that's, that's beautifully the stroke done. of genius in having done that because you can't just have those two because the whole of the second half of this episode 
is them fighting and then breaking up. Yes. So yeah. from about yeah. 10 minutes in to 22 minutes or whatever. Yeah. That's it. That's the whole plot line. There's no like a normal friends up where there's three storylines and we chop between them. It's just yeah. that. But you're quite right. It's just like literally having, it's like, it's basically like Gogglebox. Yeah. <laughs> It's like a really early form of Gogglebox and the other four friends are just watching and commenting on it, aren't they? Exactly, yeah. So let's go back to the start. Let's let's start at the beginning. My favourite thing about this episode, more than anything, is that it starts with a previously on Friends. Yes, yes. very unnerving, yeah. Don't really get almost ever it's like i was like am i watching the west wing this is very odd um but yeah they have this whole recap uh yeah. which i presume is because at the time it was broadcast it was like a season they have mid-season breaks don't they in america that's which right we do not know anything about because that's not how our tv works but yeah. they sort of they'll do half the series have a few weeks off and then they'll come back so oh, i'm guessing right. that was the like the mini cliffhanger was the uh ross with Chloe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it comes back. And then, and then yeah, we're sort of into, the episode starts in two places. It starts in the apartment with Rachel and Monica discussing it. And Monica's wearing a cool backward baseball cap and an oversized jumper in a look which is very un-Monica. She's very un-Monica. Yeah. It's like, has she been running? What is she doing? Yeah. Why is she? Because it's like, it's such a, and it's also such a 90s outfit. It's such a 90s outfit. Like just oversized sweatpants and like sweat, yeah. And it's so funny. It's really strange. If you were looking at that as a as a still, you'd be like, which one of these characters has just broken up with their boyfriend? <laughs> exactly. And you'd be like, oh, it's definitely Monica. It's the same sort of outfit she wears is when they play American football in that. Yes. That's um, right. But yeah, she obviously, she's obviously got a few of those outfits in her wardrobe. Well, we only really see it when she's either playing sports or when she breaks up with Richard. Um, oh, yes. And she has that, that period of like real heartache. She starts wearing those sort of outfits. But yeah. apart from that, we don't see a lot of Monica dressed like that. And she's really going for it. <laughs> she's really going for it and rachel is like she's just so well styled mm. it's amazing like she's be- jennifer aniston is beautiful and throughout friends which is like it's a feat it does show how much the costume designer has thought about it i guess because yeah. she is in fashion and everything yeah exactly but you never see rachel be you never catch her on a bad day. No, it feels like it's one of those things you really trap yourself when you decide a character is going to work in fashion. Yeah, because you've got to really make them look shit hot all the time. Then yeah. Um, so Rachel tells Monica that they break up, and at this point, Monica is making a smoothie or yeah. doing something in a blender. She is, yeah. And there's some str- there's like a slightly unfrenzy, strange bit of slapstick. The where, lid isn't on. Yeah, the lid isn't on. And as Rachel says we broke up, Monica presses the button. Yeah. And all the food goes everywhere onto the roof. Yeah. And it's it's kind of really... Hey, all I was thinking is, they must have hoped they were doing that in one take, because that is a messy old scene to film. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Uh, B, it's hard to time that exactly right. Like the Very hard, co- yeah. It was yeah. really well done. Yeah. But before that, like Monica, like, what is it? She's like, oh, how was the, she asks Rachel, how was the anniversary? And she's like, oh, we didn't really get to dinner. Dinner, And she's like, ooh. And I'm like, that's your brother. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to file us away in the ongoing problem of Ross and Monica, where yeah. they like not only talk about each other's sex lives to their friends, but then to each other in a, like, it's they so happily weird. talk about stuff that I just find 
implausible for a sibling relationship. The absolute peak of this is that scene in another episode where Rachel and Monica are battling over the last condom so that Rachel can go and bang Monica's brother. Like That's (laughs) that's just the weirdest dynamic. It's such a weird dynamic, actually, because Monica's got such an easy argument there because she should basically be saying, look, you're not having this because you're having sex with my brother in the next room. So let's all be honest. It's better if I just go and have sex now in my bedroom. But then again, she's having sex with her, like, father's best <laughs> friend. <laughs> her family home. Yeah. Like, her family friend, older generation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Guys, like, the Gellers have got some problems. They have some massive issues. <laughs> so funny. Um, so meanwhile, while this is happening, Ross is waking up. Uh, and he wakes up with Chloe. Mm. Uh, who comes out of the bathroom, makes herself very at home, doesn't she, for a one-night stand? She does, yeah. yeah. I thought that. She comes out with a towel on her head and yeah. she's like, she's chilling. I thought about her because that actress is the same actress. Uh, she's in The Wedding Singer and she is Adam Sandler's, um, she's Linda, who is his original like fiancé and then she breaks up with him. Right. And then she comes back in the end and sort of does the same thing that she does for Ross um, in, and Rachel, and she does that for Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler in The Wedding Singers. I'm like, mm. man, she is typecast. cast, isn't she? Yeah. Her name is Angela Featherstone. Ah. And she is 54 years old now. <laughs> it really dates friends <laughs> yeah. for me when you go, the hot young girl that Ross has had a yeah. fling with yeah. is now 54 years old. And also, how old are they supposed to be? Because they all look like they're in their 30s. Nobody knows. But this they're is, like... This is series three, so they're supposed to be like 26, 27? Oh my god. I mean, they're all clearly grown-ups. Yeah, they're all clearly... Like, <laughs> so... Real grown-ups, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Uh, we get the... Um, there's that shot, that quite iconic shot of Ross now in the duvet. Yeah. You know when he peers from behind the duvet, in, which is features in a lot of the opening credits for like a, yeah. a fair few episodes afterwards. That's where this is from. And it, I always forget uh. that that's where it's from because it looks like such, such a funny moment in isolation. Yes. Exactly. Really, it's yeah. just the start of his <laughs> of end being... of his relationship for a number of years. The one thing I thought about Ross in this episode, which I hadn't ever really appreciated, I think he displays a lot of guilt in the immediate aftermath yeah. for someone who will then go on to insist that he was justified because on a break. Like, in that moment, it kind of, I think, writes off Ross being right about the whole on a break thing because he's clearly feeling very guilty and he knows, knows he's messed up. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good point, actually, isn't it? Yeah, if only point. they could watch back the tape of Friends in <laughs> yes. Friends, they yeah. could just be like, Ross, mate, watch this back. And yeah. you'll see that you are wrong. And therefore it becomes quite manipulative of him to then try and pretend that, well, it was justified because this. Yeah. All along, he knows he's messed up. Look, yeah. I, I think we've come to the crucial point of the podcast episode, guys. Were they on a break? I was just going <laughs> to... This going to come up. This podcast is 30 or 40 episodes old now, and we've not yet addressed this issue. Because weirdly, watching it back, we've kind of... I don't know if you feel this way, but it's kind of just become a bit of a normal thing in my head. Mm-hmm. But yeah. at the time, it was so massive. Yeah. Like, all I can really think of, Pete, and I don't know if this will resonate at all with you, Evelyn. Do you remember when Deirdre Barlow went to prison in Coronation Street? <laughs> and the whole country it was on the front of the paper, front of the fact, papers. I, like, I, I must have been like six or seven at that point. 
I made a free Digi Rashid poster on Microsoft Word at the age of about seven or eight and placed that in my village hall. That is adorable. So I have been a big fan of, you know, human rights since a very young age. That is so funny. I'd love you to take that into an interview with like, Amnesty International. <laughs> like, how long have you really been interested in, in human rights? I don't, I don't think I was old enough to kind of do it ironically. Like, I think I just really thought that Deirdre was innocent. Yeah, absolutely. And the whole country did, mate. Does this mean anything to you, Evelyn? It doesn't, but I, I think, it, is it the British equivalent of who shot JR? Right, basically. exactly. Yeah. Exactly that. Uh, so, yeah, but uh, but that we were on a break. This whole, I just remember people arguing about yeah. it. It was a very, I know, in my school, it was a very girls versus boys uh, tribal argument yeah. about whether you side with Ross or Rachel. But let's, guys, let's put it on the table <laughs> once and for all. We're going to decide now who's in the right, Ross or Rachel. So my, my... Hinge profile. I think I say something like, uh, "I'm just here to find somebody to agree with me that they were on a break." <laughs> oh, so it's, it really defines you as a person. Yeah, like it's the it's the controversial one, <laughs> but um, but I think Rachel says it uh, in the episode or something. She was like, "Can I be your girlfriend again?" So it's like it is sort of that she has acknowledged that they sort of broke up. And she says to Monica, instead of going to dinner, they broke we up. broke up. Yeah. But then again, I mean, I I am totally with her that he shouldn't go and sleep with somebody like three hours after they break up. Yeah. Well, so 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 basically, I mean, Pete, where do you stand on the issue before we sort of I, make a sort of I Judge Rinder ruling? Much the same. I think they were on a break and it is <laughs> Rachel that suggests the break. But what I will say is that that doesn't, just because they're on a break doesn't justify Ross immediately going out and sleeping with someone else. Yeah. That is still a shitty thing to do, even though, yes, they're on a break. Right. I think I agree. I think on a technicality, we're all agreed that Ross is <laughs> in the clear. You know, if this was a, like a legal ruling, yes, he's in the clear. He's in the clear, yeah. But what he shouldn't then expect is for Rachel to just be like, cool, let's get back together. Yes, exactly. Because by doing that, he's effectively killed their relationship. Yes, yeah. definitely. So it's like, yeah, fine. Maybe you were broken up, but you're done. And now. also he gets, you can see that he's clearly drunk and he gets swept away with that. And he's only consoling her, himself with Chloe. Yeah. But uh, yeah, let's say I, they were on a break. Right. But I'm still with Rachel. Team Rachel. Team Rachel. But you'd be like, guys. You were on a break. We've got to look at it from the <laughs> yeah, technicalities. Exactly. Pete, I don't want this to become a regular theme of this podcast, but last week, Sarah Morgan talked about working with David Trimmer. <gasps> yes. This week, Evelyn Mock, I believe, you also have a, a similar experience under your belt. <laughs> and maybe from now on, Pete, the podcast should just only be people that have worked with David Trimmer. <laughs> yes. But, um, Come in contact with him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, can you tell us your Trimmer story? Uh, my Trimmer story. <laughs> so um, Nick Mohammed has written this brilliant show mm. called Intelligence, yeah. and it's being filmed now for Sky. And David Trimmer is part of it. And so, um, well, I'll try and make a long story short. So basically, a few years ago, Nick Mohammed and Julia Davis were developing a show with David Trimmer. I went into audition for that. Uh, it ended up that the show didn't happen. Uh, but I think both, so Nick sort of remembered me from that and he, I think he liked what I did. And so he wrote a part 
sort of based on what I did in that audition uh, for this new show, Intelligence. And he named the character Evelyn. Sure. The face of that already. <laughs> Which was like, I was like, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> you must have at this point been like, I am. Hey, I'm now yeah, it. exactly. It's in the bag. Yeah. Let's do this. Um, no, but then, and so I got invited to the read through for it, a table read for it, and uh, it was lovely. And and I, and I met uh, I met David Schwimmer there, uh, and he we didn't interact super much, but said hello, and he was really he was very polite. Okay, he was very like he was. It was almost as if he was trying to be very very nice to counteract the fact that he was David Schwimmer. Or, you know, like... Sure, to like, he, normalize himself. Yeah, because being David Schwimmer, he must... Like, everybody knows who he is. Right. Everybody knows he's Ross. And so maybe... But I, I just... He was really, really nice. And okay. so we said hello. And then um, we read... The, we did the read-through and stuff. And then in the middle of the read-through, I remember I made eye contact with him and he winked at me. Hello. Like, oh my God, my life is made. David Schwimmer winked at me. How was the Schwimmer wink? How did you feel at that point? Uh, I was. It was kind of like this. Oh uh, yeah. Very quick. Good for I, podcast. I can't that see that, <laughs> Dave. Can you can you describe the wink? Uh, it was a very quick, but so, oh yeah, like a quick, but <laughs> very knowing wink. That's yes. What I'd say. Oh, That's oh, like, okay. Okay. I'm communicating a lot in this wink, but with a little smirk. Yeah. Great. Well, as we know, Schwimmer's very good with a very small. Like small movement thing. or a small body, you know, bit of physicality. <laughs> so I imagine it was wonderful to be on the receiving end of it. Oh my gosh, I think I just like got pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that his skin was very soft and his hair looked very waxed. Okay, like Ross. That's I like would... Ross. It's not just worked with because we also had Will Manning who'd been on a treadmill next to David Schwartz. Yes, oh, that's wow. true, isn't it? And uh, uh, Lizzie Pollitt's. Got stuck in a room with him accidentally in a conference center or something. Is that what happened? Yeah. yeah. So he's around. He's knocking about, mate. Yeah, That's I swear, like everyone except us, Dave, has had some form of interaction with him. Yeah, that is sad, isn't it? Well, we'll fix that. So let's see if, yeah, it would be wonderful if you guys could get him in and get his opinion on the break thing. That's the ultimate aim. Yeah. <laughs> well, but then the problem is, Evelyn, then we'd have to get Jennifer Aniston as well because exactly. otherwise it's not editorial a balanced balance. Opinion. Yeah. yeah, exactly. exactly. Oh, God, there's so much we have to tie up on this bloody podcast, isn't there? <laughs> Look, I think we've covered the break thing. That is fine. Yes. I have one more thing I'd like to uh, mention about the process of them breaking up. The trail. Right. The trail. the trail by which Ross is encouraged by Chandler and Joey to think about how Rachel may have heard about um, Ross cheating. Yeah. Well, not cheating. Let's not go into that. Ross sleeping with <laughs> Chloe. Yeah. How does Chandler know the name of the sibling <laughs> of someone who works in the photocopy place? How, how does he know, have that right? knowledge? I am constantly surprised by this era of friends that, and it, maybe it's just a thing about the time that we didn't experience because we were all kids at this time, but is a photocopying shop the sort of place where you'd <laughs> hang out and know the names of the staff? They seem I to be there don't... a lot, don't they? <laughs> yeah, they talk about the Xerox place like... It's like me just being like, oh, you know, the lads 
John and Dave down at Snappy Snaps. It's like you wouldn't Snappy know Snaps. their name of like sh- what? Do, how much time do they spend there? Basically, yeah. And are they? They're not part of the same social group. Absolutely not. Although <laughs> according to this trail, there's only nine people in New York City. Exactly. Like, they all were. And they're all white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're all white. Uh, yeah. I mean, welcome to watching Friends. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you're right, Pete. So the trail is mad, isn't it? And the Xerox place. I don't. I don't know how much time they're all spending at the Xerox place. But mm. if you were only to watch Friends as a cultural reference from that time period, you would go, they mostly hang out at a coffee shop, fine. Yeah. But then probably the second most popular haunt for mid-twenties people in New York in the 90s was a photocopying shop. And also, like, didn't they just go, didn't Chandler and Joey just go there to look at Chloe? Yeah. Which this, is really creepy. It's, it's, I mean, it's it's ringing the bell in the Friends. Tr- There's almost nothing troubling in this episode of Friends that you picked. So that's yeah, yeah, quite I was a feat that. in itself to pick a completely sort of problematic free uh, zone. But yes, it yeah. does. You're right. It all starts because uh, they just yeah. go into perv on the girl in the photocopying place, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Originally, a few episodes back. Brian and Roger met at a support meeting for divorced men. Both are starting again. Hello, Roger. It's Brian. Um, thanks for helping me move in. Both are finding it hard. Hello, Brian. It's Roger. Um, yeah, no problem about um, helping you uh, move in there. One of them is nice. Good morning, Roger. It's Brian. I had that dream again about Carol Kirkwood. Brian and Roger is an addictive and hilarious podcast sitcom from Dan Skinner from Angelos Epithemio and Shooting Stars and Harry Peacock from Toast of London. Great big owl. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So now we're into the scene, aren't we? So it's the main mm. scene. Ross and Rachel are breaking up. The four friends are in the bedroom. Yeah. So the backstory to this is that Monica's ordered some wax. Yeah. Organic wax. But it's a real, when you explain it like this, it's a real tenuous storyline. <laughs> but Monica's ordered some wax on a uh, shopping channel on the mm-hmm. television. 
which is supposed to be this new miracle wax that doesn't hurt. Turns out it does. The end. But the guys sort of hear them screaming and come in with a frying pan and a saucepan as if to fight off some attackers with pans. Uh, And then they all get trapped in here because Ross and Rachel then arrive back home. Yeah. And suddenly we've built this scenario where the four friends are. It's quite like another quite iconic image is the four of them. At the door. At the door, you know, with a sort of stepping up and Monica on the side and all that. And then it all plays out, doesn't it? Like we say, so this is a really emotional breakup between Ross and Rachel. And we Mm -hmm. cut back every now and then to the four of them, like basically providing the comic relief. Yeah. Here's my question. (laughs) Guys, how long are they in that room for? (laughs) I was wondering that too. Um, Long enough to sort of start thinking about needing more meals and things. Right. So we've had this timeline problem on episodes of Friends before where people haven't quite done the maths before. (laughs) But... Here are, here are my main observations. Ross and Rachel are in the coffee shop when Ross finds out that Gunther has told Rachel, right? Mm. So that's yeah. what kicks it all off. It's light outside. Oh, is it? Light outside, <laughs> right? Okay, yeah. And I think it's fair to assume they went straight from the coffee shop back to the apartment, right? Yeah. So yeah. Rachel saw him, looked upset, stormed out, he followed her, that kind yeah. of thing. They're not spending hours in the coffee shop and then coming back, right? Yeah. So it's probably latest 6pm. Yeah. 7pm. We know this because after hours of arguing, Phoebe then calls the massage place where she works. And it's 9.15. And it's 9.15. Yes. A lot of questions about the sort of late night massage parlor. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> let's, let's not get into that for the time being. So it's 9.15. And yeah. then the next reference is when Monica goes, hey, it's 3 a.m. And yeah. they haven't noticed that I'm not home. Mm-hmm. And then we're led to believe there's still at least two or three hours between that point and the point where they go, oh, it's all gone quiet. Let's go out there. Yeah. It's a long time exactly. to have your face pressed up against a door for. Right. So I reckon conservatively they've been in there 10 hours. Oh, my God. If not longer. Yeah. Who's peeing? Exactly. I was thinking that. Who's peeing? <laughs> yeah. They must be starving. They, yeah. They do eat the wax. They start to eat the wax. So the, it, the eating's yeah. sort of taking care of itself, but... Someone needs a toilet, right? Yeah, exactly. Someone's going to need a toilet. And that someone is Joey, most likely. <laughs> yeah. That is probably one of my favourite bits of the entire episode is where, and it's one of the best, like for me, tension-breaking moments of the yeah. whole episode because it's we've had this quite an emotional bit about Ross and Rachel with them. Then it's cut back to Monica and Chandler and Phoebe all sort of going, what if they don't work it out? You know, and that's... Yeah. In itself, another, you know, it's an extension of the sad tension. Mm. And then there's a beat and Joey just goes, do you think I need a new walk? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so well delivered. And everybody everybody rightly looks at him and goes, what what the fuck are you talking about, mate? (laughs) Yeah. How are you thinking about that now? But great. And then that is what effectively right at the end of the episode. Yeah. Sort of gives us a little laugh at the end, isn't it? Because once they creep out after the sad, sad ending, Mm. Joey's creeping out because he needs to pee. Mm -hmm. And Chandler goes, is that your new walk? Um, but yeah, it's it's the whole setup of that bit. And like you say, the way they end on the entire episode on Ross and Rachel, just going, it's over. It's over, yeah. And just like let let that moment again. And I'm 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 really I'm such a fan of that in sitcoms. Yeah. I think they do that sometimes in Frasier. Um there are a few episodes when they do that. But like in a live in a studio sitcom, when they're brave enough to do that, mm. I think it's beautiful. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And it's, it's so, so well amazing. executed. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's that point of like it goes beyond the point of no return, doesn't it, when Rachel sort of says, 
um, I think she says you're you're a totally different person to me now, yeah. and she said it with like such feeling and such sadness, but also um, like some determination that that is pretty conclusive. And he kind of isn't really ever the same, like as she says, like their relationship from that point, even in the final moments when they've got a child together, it's never like that. They are never like that couple, even when they have these fleeting moments of briefly, you know, having a bit of a fling and getting back together. The relationship between the two is never the same after that point. Yeah, it's never the same. And that's why, what was it? It was so beautiful. Because I think when they, the way it played out, because basically this, their story kind of plays out a bit more after this episode as well where they get back together for a little bit because it's like yeah. you feel like it's unfinished business. Um, but they clearly, the writers clearly want to have it like a f- f- finite. Uh, like it's like a properly clean like closed cut, off, yeah. Closed off. And so they get together at the beach house and then they actually have that, okay, no, we can never get back together yeah. again. Which is why I think when they get together at the end of the show, it feels a bit contrived. Mm. You're right. It it feels like more that it was just the maths of the thing. Yeah. Everybody yeah. wanted Ross and Rachel to get together. Yeah. And that's kind of like, oh, we're going to have to do something. Yeah. Because everything else was kind of sewn up by then as well. You know, Chandler and Monica got married and yeah. Phoebe got married to Mike and Joey's just... Joey went off to have just a spin-off. Being, yeah. <laughs> Joey's moving to LA, guys. And that's one of my favorite parts is like the guy who plays Eddie, the new roommate that yeah. was in with Chandler, he plays Joey's something in Joey. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think he wow. plays his sister's ex-husband or something. Oh, this is ringing a Joey. vague bell now, yeah. I can't remember what that actor's name is, but no. he's a great actor. Well, we're about to find but, out. Yeah. There's nothing Eddie. we do on the show if it's not look up extraneous characters on Friends. <laughs> but I love that, that he just like, he went from being this weird housemate that Chandler had <laughs> to being like a big role in the Joey series. Spin-off, yeah. As if Joey yeah. wouldn't know who he was. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Adam Goldberg. Yes. Ah, Adam Goldberg. Yeah, Adam Goldberg. <laughs> he's a great, like he has so much presence. Uh, yeah, Adam Goldberg, who was in Saving Private Ryan, A Beautiful oh, Mind. Wow. I mean, he's done a lot of stuff, hasn't he? Yeah. He's been in Entourage. Entourage? He's done loads of stuff. He was in the first series of Fargo. Oh, wow. Which I think I've seen. But Yes, I've seen that. It. Yes, he is in that, yeah. Uh, and yeah, you're quite right, Evelyn. He is in Joey. Yes. And in Joey, he plays James, inverted commas, Jimmy Costa for nine episodes. And I think that's like his, his sister's sis- boyfriend yeah, or something? his sister's like ex-husband or boyfriend. Brilliant. So it's just like, it's so, I think it's great. (laughs) I like to think that the writers of that have woven a world because I feel like Eddie could reinvent himself as a completely different guy, move to LA and And we'd meet him 12 years later. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. I feel that's entirely plausible that it is actually the same human uh, and Joey would never notice because he's Joey. Because he's Joey. He doesn't remember. It's the, yeah. I mean, what a... An amazing uh, Easter egg in uh, in Joey that we've discovered. Yeah. Just before we do the quiz, I got a couple of very quick thoughts about the pizza. Yes. Right. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, that's a great, great scene. Two things. So they order a pizza because they get tired. Ross and Ra- Rachel's hungry. Mm. Ross tries to get on the pizza. Two things. One, Joey hears from behind the door <laughs> that they're ordering pizza, right? Yes. And tries to send a telepathic message to them. <laughs> Fine, and kind of, I'm still with it at this point. Joey's message though is. 
Put olives on the pizza. pizza. Have you ever heard a less Joey Tribbiani topping for a pizza than olives? <laughs> Put pepperoni on the pizza. That's what Pepper- he'd want. Exactly. Yeah. He would not, Put some he kind of meat. Yes. Uh, and then secondly, uh, this the, the, the anchovies incident. Yeah. So Rachel says, Ross says, can I get in on this pizza? To Rachel, she says, yeah, guess. Yeah. And then she calls up and Ross says, no anchovies on the pizza. Like, that's a standard order. Yeah. You know I mean, like, no cheese on the pizza or something. Do you know what I mean? It's exactly. like, he's dug himself into a real hole there because he didn't need to say that. And then Rachel asks for extra anchovies. It's all a mess. And then he says, I'll just pick them off. And she says, can you just chop them up and put them in the sauce? <laughs> Do you think the pizza place did that? If you're taking that call, I'd be like, oh, God, there's an insane person on, exactly. the, end, on the end of the phone. This is so much extra work <laughs> yeah. for there's no extra money. Some sort of anchovy perverts ordering some pizza. <laughs> uh, and they want me to chop it up and put it right in the sauce. Uh, but yeah, that, I mean, that's uh, it's a real by the by, the pizza guys. But I just wanted to mm. flag it up because I... The pizza element really angered It's me. important. It's important. Now should we do the quiz? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, actually, could I could I add a final thing? Of course. About like, it's interesting how Joey and Chandler react because it's like Rachel's their friend as well. Right. But they're so intent on, I guess it's just like for plot and story and stuff, but they're so intent on keeping it a secret from her. Yeah. Um. I guess bros before hoes, but like... Uh, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about the the, the, bo- the male versus female tribal thing almost. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, do yeah. really split, don't they? Yeah. Into boys and then the girls have Rachel's back and the boys are sort of on Team Ross. Yeah. And we see that as that goes through. And I guess maybe that just made the most sense in terms of giving the characters someone to side with but yeah, yeah it's interesting isn't it because we're all aware ross is in the wrong yeah exactly. so they should yeah, all just yeah, be yeah. like guys just tell her ross mate it's over yeah. see you later because it backfires on them once everyone finds out that they already knew as well everyone exactly. thinks they're dicks yeah. and strangely then the problem because the one after this is is the one without the ski trip right that's the, yes, the one that follows directly is, on yeah. which is where basically all four of the friends start siding with everyone and have to try and work out what to do isn't it they don't yeah. actually it doesn't stay tribal for very long. No. They're all just like, oh, we'll go to see Ross this weekend and Rachel next weekend and this, that and the other. And yeah. it becomes like a weird custody battle. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, you are quite right. You are quite right. Joey and Chandler, at fault here, guys. <laughs> it's not a good episode for the Friends men. Not a great one for the men. Should we do the quiz now? Let's do the quiz. That's it. <laughs> Finish on the quiz. Third time of asking, Pete. We've never yes. uh, been <laughs> sidelined so quiz. much. Sorry. So no, it's sorry. not your fault, Evelyn. <laughs> I sidelined it once, you sidelined it once, it's fine. Pete just loves the quiz. <laughs> just really keen, yeah. Oh my um, gosh. Okay, five questions, attention to detail. Nervous. Um, to see how much you've retained from this episode that we haven't yet talked about. Question one, mm-hmm. curveball one, but I wanted to throw it in just because it's so unusual. Who says the line previously on Friends? <gasps> oh my God, is it Joey? It is. Well, yes. it I mean, is. technically it's Matt LeBlanc. Matt LeBlanc. <laughs> Is Matt LeBlanc. I also in my head have a memory of Phoebe doing a previously on Friends thing. Uh, yes, I can't remember any a, of the others doing it. It's happened a couple of times, but it's, it, it is interesting. On, on my Netflix when I was watching it, it gave me the option to skip recap as yeah. well, which you very rarely get on it's Friends. It's also yeah. quite deep voiceover voice Matt LeBlanc as well. Yeah, it's it's it very yeah. Top Gear era Matt LeBlanc of, yeah. you know, LeBlanc talking is, like this yeah. and being very cool. And uh, He does, and he does it very like he is doing an episode of The West Wing. I feel like yeah. Yeah. at the time he's like, oh, guys, I kind of wanted to be in The West Wing, so here's my best go. I actually... So there's a do you you guys know Tony Danza? 
Yeah. So he has a show on Netflix now called The Good Cop. And basically his character there, I'm like, that's Joey at that age. Like oh, I was in the grown-up. 50, 60, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, something like that. Uh, I've never seen it. It's so funny. If if anything, just watch to see uh, Tony Danza's character. Which is just old Joey Tribbiani. It's just old Joey Tribbiani. Sounds like my kind of show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have learned from unpleasant experience that a show just starring Joey isn't necessarily <laughs> the best idea for a sitcom, but we'll take your word for it. Yeah, we'll yep, give yep. it a watch. Maybe it just needed a bit of aging. Yeah. Question two: uh, What time does Rachel come over to Ross? Eight thirty. Is correct. <gasps> two from two. Oh my gosh! I love quizzes now. <laughs> they get easier and harder. Who knows? <laughs> Question three: I think this one's a, a, a very gettable one. Other than the wax product, vaccine, what else has Monica bought from a TV infomercial? The mop. The mop. <laughs> What is that mop? That's like the wonder mop, isn't it? Is that <laughs> yeah. is that from, I think there's the episode with Manana, you know, where she gets an identity fraud. Oh, that's right. I think it might be in that one from memory. I haven't gone back, but I'm sure they said she ordered a mop in that episode. Anyway, that's I'm so funny. Question four. What does Phoebe say is living in her ceiling? Uh, the spirit of an Indian dead Indian woman. An, yeah, an old yeah, Indian Yeah, you can woman. have that. Old we'll Indian we'll woman. absolutely give you that. That is one of those lines where I've seen this episode so many times. Yeah. And I just couldn't... I'd ne- it was as if I'd never heard it. Do you know what I mean? I watched it. And Monica, at this point, if you haven't watched it for a while, Monica's cleaning the smoothie or the banana off the roof, off yeah. the ceiling. And she and Phoebe says, what's up there? And she goes, banana. She goes, oh, I've got a dead Indian woman, spirit of an old Indian woman in mind. Yeah. And it's just, it's such a Phoebe line. It's but like it's also weird because Phoebe. it's not even like she's line. just saying in the attic. She's just saying it's in the ceiling. Like, yeah. the yeah. ceiling isn't that big. Like, that old Indian woman's pretty squashed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Question five. Uh, to finish us off, Evelyn Mock, with full details of names, what is the trail? Uh. From Chloe to Rachel. I knew this would be a question. Okay. okay, so the trail is: Chloe works in the in the Xerox shop. Yep. Isaac works in the Xerox shop. Correct. Isaac has a sister named Jasmine who works with Phoebe. Yes. In the massage parlor. Yes. And Phoebe knows Rachel. That is that is correct. Trail. As advertised, the trail, and for the bonus point, what is the curveball element of the trail we were not expecting? Jasmine's roommate is Gunther. Everyone knows each other. <laughs> oh, I love mad. how implausible that is. Jasmine used to work at the coffee shop, though. So that is oh. in early Friends, in season one Friends, you'll see Jasmine as the waitress in the coffee shop. So that's probably how they all know each other. Yeah. And that is quite good detail, I guess. It is, although writers. it doesn't really explain why Jasmine suddenly left the coffee shop and became a masseuse. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> there's, true. There's, there's elements of plot holes it's there. Like a, that's a side plot. Yeah. That, they had to hey and maybe that is why maybe they're just all friends with Jasmine and that's why they hang out with Isaac at the Xerox place because they're (laughs) all just mates maybe they don't love photocopying true maybe maybe it all does add up maybe they're like the the part of the friend group that we don't get to see exactly Uh, five out of five in the quiz Evelyn Mock very good triumphant performance cheering myself and that brings us to the end of this week's episode of Friends with Friends. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks Thank for having you, me. Talking, this was so lovely. Talking about the saddest episode of Friends. I know. I oh, I, when I when I watched it, I was like, oh no, it is so sad. <laughs> but it had to be done. It's iconic. It contains a lot of big moments in Friends. Mm-hmm. It's good to tick it off the list mm. as we crack on. Uh, Evelyn Mock, thank you very much. Bye. Goodbye. Hello, we're still here, look. Um, Sad news, guys. 
that's it. That's the end of season two of Friends with Friends. Uh, but fear not, we shan't be gone long. Yes, uh, we are just having a few weeks off while I record some more episodes. Uh, we've got some excellent guests lined up for series three. It won't be too far away, we promise. Uh, so keep an eye on this channel, wherever you get your podcast from. We'll be back very soon and we will update you with a comeback date uh, over on Twitter. If you don't follow us already, please do. It's FriendsWF on there and you'll be the first to know when we will be back. FriendsWF on Twitter. And of course, if you aren't bored yet with the incessant plagues, don't forget uh, to please buy tickets to our live show uh, because uh, then... There'll be people there, which is always a joy. Uh, it's on September the 14th. The tickets are on the King's Place website. Uh, we'd love to see you all there. So Saturday night, Saturday night, Saturday night. Pretty sure I've made that joke uh, previously whilst talking about this show. But what are you going to do when you have a Friends joke you can recycle? Uh, yeah, do please come. Uh, we'll talk about Friends. And then we can all have a nice chat afterwards, mainly about Friends. So if you like talking about Friends uh, after watching people chat about Friends... Pretty much your perfect Saturday night, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, won't be long. Uh, just a few short weeks uh, off, and we shall be back. Bye! GreatBigOwl.com Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.